At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare when you buy kroger brand products you feel like you're winning that's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices in fact we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is the Chicago City Cast with Danny Burke, presented by Bet Rivers. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome into another edition of the Chicago City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. Danny Burke, your host here, as always, feeling pretty good on this Tuesday morning as I'm recording this right around 11 a.m. as we've got the Cubs to preview tonight after their impressive win against the Rays last evening. Also, the Sox. Hopefully, they're on track to play today. We'll give you a bet and a preview for that game. And then in the second part of this episode, how about we switch it up a little bit, talk some NFL draft. We'll save the Bulls conversation for tomorrow more so, but I did want to focus today on the NFL draft. Haven't really delved into it too much. It's not really been as exciting as years past, but I do love to bet it. So I figured I'd devote some time today to doing some research throughout the draft. So a lot to get to on today's show. Great night last night with our plays from Rush Hour. A clean sweep, 3-0. Did great in baseball. We had the Padres run line plus 126. They took care of business against the Slump and Reds. And then the Dodgers, we also took advantage with them against the Braves. They held on. believe the final score was 7-4, but we had the Dodgers on the run line minus 105. And then a little parlay for the NBA postseason action last night. Parlayed the Sixers on the money line. And then... The Warriors on the money line came to a payout of minus 134, uh, 134, excuse me. 
And no, not every parlay has to be a big, juicy payout, folks. That's how they take money from you a lot of times. But a nice 3-0 sweep. Hopefully, we could replicate some winners tonight. And uh, as for the Chicago sports last night, yeah, I was leaning toward Tampa Bay, so I was wrong on that end. Kyle Hendricks pitched well, so I guess based on my thought process with him, expect him to uh, tank the next outing. <laughs> we'll see. No, I, I was happy the way the Cubs performed. This team is fun. They're, they're really gritty, and they just keep fighting, and they know how to hit at the plate. So it's a blast to watch this team. The bullpen did fairly well, so you love to see that out of the Cubbies. And the Blackhawks, well, we talked about the Flames on the puck line, and yeah, the Flames covered that with ease throughout the third. Then they came alive. I think they won 5-2. to two. So the Blackhawks continue to be the Blackhawks, but that doesn't mean we can't make money against it. I ended up throwing a little bit of cheese on it, so I was happy to see the Flames come through. But let's get into the ring of baseball already as we start off another edition of the Chicago City Cast and preview the Cubs. Once again, take it on the Tampa Bay Rays. Cubs with the nice dub last night, 4-2. We were talking with Adam Burke, Beeson's betting analyst, on Rush Hour last night. He does his write-ups every single day for baseball. Check it out at vison.com. That's V-S-I-N.com. Follow him on Twitter, at Skating Tripods. Now, he made a good point. And if you've been observant of the Cubs games and where the markets moved for them or against them, pretty much every game the Cubs have been an underdog, the line has moved in favor of them, showing value for this Cubs team in the underdog position. We talked about this before the season started. Last night was really the first time the market was moving away from them when they were an underdog. Because remember, we saw the Rays getting steamed up all the way close to like minus 160. Didn't matter. Kyle, Hun uh, Kyle Hendricks did well enough. McClanahan, he was fine. But obviously, the Rays offense did not show up. And Hendricks did, and so did the Cubs' bullpen, and they got clutch hitting from Ian Happ with those two outs when they needed it. Huge hit from Happ, who's been really solid this season. And how about our boy Seiya Suzuki? Two hits, two runs, got hit by one pitch. He keeps the hitting streak going, and he has now tied the longest hit streak to begin a Major League Baseball career, being nine games, by any Cubs player over the last 100 seasons. Andy Pafko had held that record outright since 1943. He's NL Player of the Week. He's got the most home runs, walks, runs, and RBIs out of any rookie in the league. Folks, if you could still get plus money for him Rookie of the Year, I don't know why you're not taking it. We got it 3-1 to one last week, and we're feeling pretty damn good about it. And if you think he continues his streak, he is minus 180 to get a hit today. Well, let's tee up the game first before we get into the exact uh, ways we're looking to bet this game. Minus 120 is where Tampa Bay opened up at as the favorite once again in this situation. The Cubs at about plus 105 at the opener at Bat Rivers. Total open eight. Currently, you are seeing this total at seven and a half with a little bit of juice to the over, minus 113. But the under got some immediate love. And it's minus 106 if now you want to take the under 7.5. And, and folks, by the way, you can adjust these totals at Bet Rivers. You can slide it if you go on the website or even on the app. So that's the good thing. You don't have to be stuck at 7.5. You can adjust it to 8. Yes, the odds will naturally adjust. You'll have to lay a little bit more. But some people are willing to lay more to have that extra comfort, that added security of a half run or full run. Whatever you want to alter it to, that's available, by the way. A great tool that not many books offer, but Bet Rivers does. Currently at Bet Rivers, the market again seeming to go toward the Cubs as an underdog. Minus 103 instead of plus 105 at the opener. The Rays, instead of them being minus 120, they're now minus 113. 
Run line, if you think Tampa Bay wins by a couple or more, it's plus 145. If you think the Cubs can keep it within a run and a half, minus 182 is the juice for the Cubbies. Now, something to keep an eye out for. The Cubs used three pitchers last night, including Hendricks. The Rays used four pitchers, including McClanahan, last night. So they went a little bit deeper into their bullpen. And it looks like they're starting a relief pitcher today who has not started a game since 2020. Matt Whistler, the righty. He's pitched in five games this year. 4.2 innings pitched to be exact with an ERA of 1.93, an XFIP of 3.22, and a whip of 0.86. Again, not a great sample size to base it off of because, well, he hasn't started this year, nor has he started since the year 2020. Last season on the road, again, did not start, but relief-wise on the road, when 25 innings pitched, had an ERA of 4.68, Allowed 25 hits, 13 earned runs. Opponents had a batting average of 260. His XFIP was pretty solid. I think it was right around average. But overall, yeah, Whistler, I mean, he seems like a decent relief pitcher. There's no questioning that. But what's going to be his longevity today? Especially for the fact that the Rays went a little bit deep into their bullpen. Probably deeper than they wanted to. It doesn't completely change the course of this game and how you're looking to bet it. But I... Why would you immediately, here's my thing. I mean, the Rays haven't looked dominant so far as of this point, and now they're not going to throw in a starter against a Cubs team that is continuing to be undervalued. And they're throwing in Justin Steele. The Southpaw has been great so far this season, and I've been waiting for him to kind of pitch poorly, I guess you could say. I mean, his numbers last year, granted, was his rookie year, but I was like, all right, I mean, yeah, this kid had a good first outing against the Brewers. Hey, the Brewers offense also probably not that good. So I, I was looking to fade him in that game at Coors Field, which is a hitter's ballpark, but he still pitched very, very solid. So maybe, and again, it's still a short sample size, but maybe this kid is the real deal. The Southpaw in 2022 has started two games. He's gone 9.1 innings pitched, allowed nine hits, just two earned runs. He's racked up nine Ks and just three walks. All right, so he's 1-0, 1.93 ERA, a solid XFIP of 3.16, Average whip of 1.29, left on base percentage of 83.3%, which is solid. Ground ball percentage, how many hits in play are being ground balls? 50%, great number. Home run to fly ball ratio, he's given up none, so it's at 0%. BABIP, which is batting average of balls in play, is at 346. That's a little too high. 300 is league average. 346, it could be bad luck because your fielders aren't helping you out. Or when the hitters are making contact, they're finding the gaps in your infield, the gaps in your outfield, whatever it may be. The hitters are having quality contact once it's coming through. But again, that could be a little bit more lucky based on the hitters. It's a short sample size. And by the way, the two runs he did give up came at Coors. So look, you're back at Wrigley where you shut out the Brewers. You only gave up two at the hitters ballpark. That is Coors Field. Some good momentum for Justin Steele coming into this game. At least that's how I'm thinking about it. I'm ready to trust him a little bit more so. And I do want to look to bet the Cubbies in this game. I'm not going to lie. I, I want to see what this lineup is looking like, though. I don't want this to be a throwaway game. I don't want David Ross to throw in one of his fluky lineups based on what he did last or yesterday and from the weekend. So I want to see who he's giving rest to. And I realize that waiting for that, will probably give me a worse number if it's a lineup I want to bet on than the market's going to move toward the Cubs, you would assume. 
So I'm fine knowing that. I wouldn't look to bet the Cubs, ideally considering they were plus 105. If you can get them minus 110 or less after seeing a viable lineup, which again, if I like it, of course, I'll talk about it on Rush Hour and dish it out as a Danny's Dime, then that that would be my barrier, minus 110 or less probably, unless the Rays lineup looks like garbage, then hey, maybe who knows, and depending on how drastically this line alters, but I will have some patience, I do like the Cubs, gonna wait to see if I pull the trigger though. By the way, the Rays going against Southpaws this season, they got an OPS of 733, so they actually have hit better against lefties, so be cognizant of that, but they've been poor on the road, 579 OPS away from home, at home the Rays hitting 734, so yeah, I mean, it's, you know, you kind of take and you give uh, based on those two stats, the Cubs, they've been great hitting all around, on the road, 845 OPS, remember, is against the Pirates and at Coors Field, so that helps. But at Wrigley, they got a solid OPS thus far of 731. Now, the Cubs have been tremendous against Southpaw's OPS of 820, but they've been really good against righties as well, folks. 793 OPS. This lineup is making contact. They're patient. The complete opposite of the squad that we had post-2016, so it's a refreshing change of pace. But I don't like that the Rays are throwing in a bullpen guy, and I like that Steele's got the momentum. Same with this Cubs offense and from the win last night. So I'm going to look for the Cubs. But again, I will wait to see what the lineup persists of. And then I'll see if I'll make it an official play. And we'll discuss that further tonight on Rush Hour. Make sure you check it out. 5 to 6 p.m. Central Time. VSIN.com. You can also watch it on the VSIN app or Fubo and or Sling TV. The Xfinity app or YouTube TV iHeartRadio, it's available, so wherever you get your podcasts, and the Marquee Sports Network, because the Cubs, well, we might have the first half hour on, depending on the pregame show for the Cubs and the Rays, but when the Cubs aren't playing, you'll get the full show on the Marquee Sports Network. If it's a later game for the Cubs, you may just get the first half hour, but I'll probably have that play by then in the first half hour of Rush Hour. All right, let's talk about this White Sox and Guardians game tonight. This one got postponed yesterday. I know we previewed it on the show, didn't didn't have time to edit it out. It was already released at that point, but you kind of got my analysis from this game yesterday if you listen to it. So I won't spend too much time on this, but look, there's a big advantage for Cleveland here. They're minus 141 on the money line at Bet Rivers. The White Sox plus 120. Total is at seven and a half, about a, you know, pick them each way with the odds, minus 109. And you're still getting the same starters that were projected for yesterday. Dallas Keuchel, the Southpaw. Keuchel to me is is like my Kyle Hendricks in a sense. I do trust Kyle Hendricks more than I do Keuchel for sure. I don't want to compare him in that regard. But for each respective Chicago team, it's either a fade or stay away type of pitcher for me. Okay, Dallas Keuchel's also a guy who needs movement on his pitches. He doesn't really have that high of speed on his fastball. But he is 1-0. 1.20 whip, 1.91 xFIP, but an ERA of 5.40. He pitched in that really rainy game. Was it against the Rays? Yeah, it might have been. But regardless, um, on the road in 2021, he had a WOBA, meaning weighted on base average, of 372. So this is what the weighted, weighted on base average of his opponents were. And league average is 320, so of course that's significantly above. And he had an ERA of 5.75 and an XFIP of 5.01. Terrible numbers, all right? Versus Cleveland last season, in three games started, Keiko went 16.1 innings pitched, allowed 12 hits, 12 earned runs, four of them home runs, seven walks, 10 Ks, 
Guardians had a batting average of 203. Keuchel came out with an ERA of 6.61. Officially ended up 0-1-1, but in those games, the White Sox were 1-2. and Now, you could look and go, hey, Danny, not terrible numbers. So, I, you know, maybe it's not an auto-fade for Keuchel. Well, then I would counter that with, hey, you got Shane Bieber, one of the best pitchers in the league, who has started two games this season, 9.3 innings pitched. He has allowed four earned runs, four hits, struck out nine, 4.10 xFIP, 2.70 ERA, and a really good whip of 0.60. His xFIP, yeah, maybe a little concerning, but also it's early, and also it's still this White Sox lineup that hits a little bit worse on the road and a little bit worse against righties and just against great pitchers overall. Now, uh, Shane Bieber last year versus the White Sox, four games started when 3-0, 1.80 ERA, 25 innings pitched, allowed just 15 hits, five earned runs, four walks, 32 freaking strikeouts, and the White Sox had a batting average of 169. So this Guardians team really doesn't have that high of expectations as is. I think we can all agree on that. Uh, looking at their OPS, they got swept in their home series opener. They have a 513 OPS now, 907 on the road. Against lefties, 691 OPS. Against righties, 830 OPS. So they have done better in pretty much every opposite category that could benefit them tonight, or that pertains to them rather tonight. As for the White Sox, looking at their OPS heading into this matchup, at home they were hitting 581, on the road 796. But let's kind of take that into account. Uh, they've only played three games on the road. And that came against the Detroit Tigers. Not the uh, deadliest of teams, I guess you could say. The Sox scored, what, four runs, five runs, and ten runs. So, yeah, obviously that boosted their OPS in terms of that short sample size. But against lefties, you know, the White Sox thrive in that category. 927 OPS already for the Southsiders. But against righties, who they have a larger sample size against, OPS, 567. So again, this is slightly concerning for the White Sox. Look, I'm not going to be shocked if the White Sox find a way to win this game, but I just don't think it's going to be at the beginning stages. I don't trust Keuchel. Keuchel's been worse on the road. Didn't do particularly well against the Indians, or excuse me, the Guardians. There it goes. Dollar in the donation jar against the Guardians last year. And Bieber did very well against the White Sox. Great pitcher overall, and he can carry it through five. He can surrender maybe a one-two max against this White Sox team. He just needs to rely on the Guardians' offense. I would look at Cleveland first five. About minus 140 to minus 145 is, is the best number you've got. It just comes down to trusting the starting pitching more so, which should be the basis of your game betting analysis anyways for a majority of the time. And at least that's what it always is for mine, typically. So if you're looking to bet this one, I think taking the Guardians' first five money line would be the best play. I wouldn't lay over minus 150 with it. You could consider first five under four runs, but that's kind of low for me. And, of course, Keuchel could just absolutely tank. So look for a way to get involved on the Guardians in the first five. I believe that's the best route to take for the White Sox and the Guardians today. This one at about, what, 5 10 p.m. Central Time, so a little bit earlier than usual. But yeah, I took a little piece of the Guardians on the first five money line, minus 145. 
Guardians just got swept in their home opener. They're looking to get out to a hot start with their top pitcher on the mound against a weak, volatile one in Dallas Keuchel. So Cleveland, first by Moneyline, minus 145. Lock me in for that bad boy. And pending, TBD on the Cubbies. We'll see what that lineup's looking like, but I do like the Cubbies tonight. Again, the market's kind of moving toward them even before we're seeing the lineup, but we know what the starting pitching is going to be, and that is a telltale of how you should bet it in the first place. So a very strong lean to the Cubbies. We will wait to see what that lineup persists of, and then we're taking a small bet there on the Guardians in the first five. Money line minus 145 for today's Chicago baseball action. Alrighty, coming up next, let's switch gears, talk a little bit of NFL draft for the first time this year. I haven't even talked about it on Rush Hour or any other show, so I wanted to devote a little bit of time here on the CityCast talking about the NFL draft. Nothing that I've played officially, but a few that I'm really strong about and that I probably will end up playing and just some to throw out there for you so you can be aware of those odds. So we'll get to that next here on the Chicago CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. No football, no problem, because Bet Rivers Sportsbook serves up tennis, soccer, hockey, college, pro basketball, and much more. So don't miss out on Bet Rivers' many daily specials, or try your hand at live player props or same game parlays. No matter what you bet on, you can count on your withdrawal approval happening fast, with more than 80% of withdrawals approved instantly at Bet Rivers. So get started with life after football with the Bet Rivers app. Okay, it's NFL draft time here on the Chicago City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. Again, I'm Danny Burke, your host, and you can always follow along on Twitter at Danny Burke5, where I'm updating all my records, all my plays. And in baseball, right now, we are 5 and 5. Basketball, we've been having a spectacular season, especially after what occurred last week with our 30 unit night. But overall, in basketball, we got a record of 59 and 42. Hockey, we got 46, 32, and 1. So we are loving betting the springtime right now, and hopefully we can keep it up, of course, throughout the remainder of the springtime with the hockey and basketball playoffs. But more importantly, the long season of baseball, which I love. One of my favorite betting sports last season went 63, 39, and 2. So, of course, a very good outcome there, and we're hoping to replicate that this year. Also, what we're hoping to replicate is some winners throughout the NFL draft. Now, I know what you may be thinking. Danny, why the hell do I care about the NFL draft? Hey, the Bears don't even have a first-round pick, and I couldn't care less about the other teams. I get it. I was once that same person. But once you get into the betting sphere, you're always looking for different avenues to partake in. And when I was out in Vegas working for V, I mean, obviously, I still work for VEASAN, but when I was out in Vegas, you know, I got great experience being around professional bettors and just bettors in general who have been doing this for a long time. And of course, when you're a better, you're always looking for advantages. You're looking for outlets that may not be as attractive to your novice better, to your average Joe, right? Everybody wants to bet an NFL game day, but not everybody wants to hammer in the props. You know, that's where we've circled out, not only on this show, but in rush hour. And just, you know, little areas like that in general that may not be focused in on as much by the books. And I'm not saying this to say the NFL draft isn't focused in on because it's becoming bigger and bigger and people still love betting the NFL. 
but it's it's an area where you as the better actually have a slight advantage. So on a numbers game on VEASAN, Gil Alexander, I know he loves betting the draft. And when I was producing for Gil a little bit, him and I just going back and forth talking about it, really just some valuable knowledge that he always dishes out, especially on the show. But I know this is like his favorite thing to bet. And I don't blame him because look, with games, right, you know, you don't really know what's going to happen, of course. You can't predict the future. You can only guesstimate to the best of your ability and hope that your outcome is the correct one. Well, with the draft, you at least have some prior knowledge to what a team should do or should be looking to do. Hey, maybe even have insider info. I don't know. I mean, most people don't, and that's why they set limits on these things. But my point is you have a lot better chance of knowing the result in the draft than you do on any given game, right? Because you can speculate and you know the necessities and it's not the outcome of what someone else is doing necessarily unless another team picks the guy you thought they were going to pick. More often than not, it's you control your own destiny here if you're a team. So the point being is that, yes, it's kind of an odd thing to bet. I know you may not know anybody in the draft and you don't care, but that's why you let us do the work for you and try to get you those Best draft betting options will have extensive coverage on VEASAN on Thursday, April 28th, which is when the draft is. And of course, we'll talk about it here and further throughout the week on both of my shows. So I'll probably end up having a few. It's not the most entertaining draft this year because it's not quarterback heavy. It's just it doesn't have the same allure as it typically does. I will be honest about that. But I'm going to try to get really some good angles and in depth with our analysis for the draft and hopefully get us some winners by the time this draft begins. So a couple of things I wanted to talk about just to throw the odds out there. Let's talk about the Bears. Now, of course, they're not drafting till the second round. They got the 39th pick in the second, the 48th from the Chargers. Then in the third, they have the 71st pick. In the fifth round, they have the 148th pick from the Texans. Also in the fifth, they're drafting 150, and then their final pick in the sixth round, 186. If you look at Bet Rivers, you can bet the Bears' exact playing position of the first drafted player. And at Bet Rivers, the O line and the wide receiver is the short shot plus 225 for each position. Then you can bet defensive back, which would be corner or safety at plus 275. Defensive lineman at 4-1. to one. Linebacker plus 515. If you think they do the Ryan Pace special, baby, tight end is 15-1. to one. Now, of course, if you shop around, some of these other books have different betting options, different betting lines, because, for example, you could get the Bears to get a wide receiver for plus 210 other places, but no, you'd want to go to Bet Rivers and get plus 225. But also some books don't group defensive backs together, like cornerbacks plus 430 and safeties plus 850 and another, where at Bet Rivers you group it together with just a D-back at plus 275. All right? So make sure you look around, but that's how Bet Rivers is stacking up the exact playing position of the Bears' first drafted player for the upcoming NFL draft. What do I think they're going to do? Or what do I hope they're going to do? Well, obviously, I hope they invest in either their offensive line or their wide receiver group. That's what they should do. But at the same time, you also got to think strategically. You know, they want both of those positions. And to be honest, they're going to draft both of those positions. But what if they have a wide receiver in mind that they want as they're coming to the 39th pick in the second round, but they realize who is behind them and that other people aren't as high on him, but they also want an offensive lineman who they think, oh, well, in the span of the next nine picks, another team might snag him and, you know, maybe they're higher on him. So it's tricky, right? We're assuming they're going to get an offensive lineman and a wide receiver, 
but you don't know which one's going to come first based on who's still available and what the other teams around them may be looking to get and what they may be hearing in their war room. So they could go, okay, yeah, we really want this wide receiver and we were going to draft him and then get this O-lineman next, but some of these other teams may snag that O-lineman and we feel safe that our wide receiver option will still be there. So maybe they go offensive lineman, then receiver, or maybe same or the same, you know, thought process, vice versa. That could still come to fruition either way. So unless you just absolutely have faith in one or the other, you know, I think maybe one of the better options to do is you could bet who they're going to draft like offense or defense, but then you're laying a high price for the offense because that's what's assumed. And I think that one's available at Bet Rivers. I'll have to double check really quick. But what I would even take it to doing further is just why don't you bet both the offensive lineman and wide receiver, right? I mean, if you're betting a standard unit on each, let's, again, for example, we put $100 down. So you get 100 to win 225 if they draft an offensive lineman or 100 to win 225 if they draft a wide receiver. Well, you're sitting here going, yeah, they're definitely drafting one of those two guys to begin with. Okay. So if it is an offensive lineman or a wide receiver, you've invested 100 in each, regardless of who gets drafted, you will end up winning $125 because you bet 100 to win 225. Yay, I win 225, but you lose your 100 that you bet on the other side. So you subtract 100 from 225, you win 125. So you could go, well, Danny, what was that price for the playing position of the team's first drafted player? Okay, well, at Bet Rivers, the defense is minus 104. For the Bears to select that side of the ball with their first pick. Or you could bet the offense minus 125. Why would we do the offense minus 125 when we could get plus money from doing both offensive line and wide receiver at plus 225? Now, here's the issue. If you think they could bet or snag a defensive guy, then yes, you'd be losing two units and you'd get screwed as opposed to just betting the offense at minus 125. And if they do pick defense, then yes, you only lose one unit. All right. But I like the idea of getting the plus payout more so than thinking the Bears are going to go defense. I'm fine losing whatever amount I choose to bet. I'm not saying you have to bet a full unit, folks. You can bet a half unit. You can bet whatever the hell you want. But I'm just saying because of my confidence and where I think the Bears are going, which is offense, and because of the price being to do exactly offensive linemen and wide receiver, that that's better than offense as a whole at minus 125, I would be comfortable doing that. And I don't know if it's going to be an offensive lineman or a receiver. I don't think anyone really does. I guess I would take a shot in the dark and guess wide receiver but you know who knows so that may be something I end up doing and some other books too folks you know for example I saw one that had a wide receiver for the Bears plus 210 and offensive lineman plus 430 so you have options you could bet the Bears to get a receiver plus 225 at Bat Rivers and then to get an offensive lineman plus 430 in another spot, right? That's the beautiful thing. Shop around. You have the advantage in the draft typically as a better and just as a better overall that you can go to different outlets, all right? Remember that. Always remember that. But they're thinking maybe the cornerback because plus 275 or safety is grouped together at Bet Rivers that that could be the Bears' first selection or plus 430 for cornerback at other spots and plus 850 for safety. Look, I know the Bears need to address the secondary, this new regime, even though they 
got their head coach who's defensive oriented, they're ready to invest in Justin Fields. I think we're all aware of that. And I don't think they want to start off their tenure with the fans booing at the draft. Oh, another defensive guy. Come on. We need to build around Justin Fields. That's going to be the sentiment. And I know that they could capitalize on that with their next pick in the second round and further along in the draft. But let's be honest. Bears fans want to see the offensive talent immediately. And it doesn't mean that Poles is like, okay, we have to do that for the Bears fan. No, let's be honest. He's thinking the same way. He's an offensive lineman. He's an offensive guy. You see the way the league is going. You need receivers. You need to protect your quarterbacks. Justin Fields needs to be protected. They will invest, in my opinion, in offense first. I'll probably look to bet O-line and receiver, respectively, trying to find the best plus money payout for each. So do your shopping, and if I had to do that for the Bears, that's where I would be looking at as of this moment. Because the thing about the draft, you're not just betting to take a flyer, folks. You're betting on what you think you know. You go with what you know, right? And with the Bears, you're thinking, well, they got to invest offensively. Well, what about another team around our neck of the woods that you feel like you know what they're going to pick? It's got to be the Green Bay Packers, right? What's been the issue throughout the however many seasons at this point that it's been a looming issue? It's been the Packers not drafting offensive talent. The Packers not drafting receivers. Well, at Bet Rivers, you can bet the Packers to draft a receiver for their first selection at minus 175. Again, the league is moving in this direction. The Packers just lost Devontae Adams. It would only make sense, correct? And in this case, you could bet the Packers to pick an offensive guy at minus 177. But let's be honest, if they're drafting an offensive guy, it's going to be a wide receiver. So just take wide receiver at minus 175 for two cents less. I guess if you want the added security, then lay two cents more. But I think you're pretty safe with receiver minus 175. But here's why I'm saying this. This is one of those situations to where you should be willing to lay a price. It's priced that expensive for a reason because this is the assumption. This is what we think we know this team is going to do. Now, I've gotten screwed by this with the Packers before. So, you know, they're always kind of wishy-washy. But at this point, they have to, okay? And in the first round, with a deep receiving class, they can get an absolute stud or two. I think they have two picks in the first round, right? They can get a couple receivers. Minus 175, you know, I see some people lay like 250 in the NFL draft. I'm not saying you should, but I would have no problem laying 175 for the Packers to draft a wide receiver first. And folks, just because you're laying a price too doesn't mean you have to bet to win, right? Josh Applebaum talks about this ad nauseum, VEASAN's betting reporter. If you're laying a high price, like say, for example, your standard unit's typically 100 or something like that, right? So that doesn't mean you have to bet 175 to win 100, okay? It means you could still flat bet, meaning you're betting the same amount, so you'd still bet 100, but it'd just be at the odds of minus 175. So at that point, you'd be betting 100 to win $57, okay? And just because you're not getting a huge payout, so what? You're still winning money, but you're not losing as much in case it doesn't come to fruition. And I'm not telling you that's what you have to do or should do. I'm telling you that's what you can do. Don't feel like because it's a higher price, you have to lay more to get back the amount that you wanted to win. No, 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 no. If you're afraid of that, just flat bet. It's okay. You can do that too. To each their own. I'm not going to tell you what you should do or have to do. But I do like the idea of the Packers getting a wide receiver. That's what they should do. If I'm the Packers, I'm telling them they need to do that. But that's a route to take, and that's just something to keep in mind. Some other areas to look at. Total quarterbacks drafted in the first round at Bet Rivers. Two in the hook is the number. Overs minus one, uh, 278. 
The under two and a half is plus 205. Some other books have three in the hook. And at that, the price is over plus 124, under minus 172. I would go under on the two and a half because of the price at plus 205. And because it's just not that deep of a quarterback class. Now, I probably in turn would end up preferring to do three and a half under 172. And I'd lay more for the added security because that's how I typically roll. But if you only had two and a half, I would do that because of the value. If anything, again, I'm telling you, you know, don't take a shot in the dark, but I think there's some validity behind it. I mean, Malik Willis is now the fave to be picked first. Some mock drafts have Kenny Pickett going to like the Panthers and the Saints, you know, maybe getting Kenny Pickett later and Malik Willis ended up at one of those teams. We understand this, but you also have Desmond Ritter available, Matt Corral and Sam Howell as some of the top guys. We know the quarterback class is not that deep. Are these teams willing to invest a first-round pick in these guys who are completely unknown and we're really not excited about? Now, people are thinking, oh, maybe Ritter could be drafted first. Hey, who knows? Maybe. I do think it's going to be Malik Willis, and you'll probably get Kenny Pickett late first round. But at that price, and again, because I don't think teams are going to be rushing to invest in these potentially mediocre professional quarterbacks, I would take a stab at under 2.5 plus 205, but furthermore, I would shop around and look for the under 3.5, and and I'd lay the minus 172. I really don't think there's going to be four quarterbacks drafted in the first round, so that will probably end up being a best bet for me. How about a bet that you could lay that probably comes through? Total wide receivers drafted in the first round. 5.5 is the number. Juice, big time on the over, minus 275. The under is 2-1. to Look, you got Garrett Wilson, Drake London, Jamison Williams, Chris Olave, Traylon Burks, Jahan Dotson, and Christian Watson out of North Dakota State. So, look, right there, you got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Some books had six, I think, if you really shop around, at least in Vegas. And there's a little bit of plus money to the over, because at worst, I know Gil Alexander was talking about this, he could push on six. But I'm not betting to go at worst I push. Now, I do think you could see seven for sure with all those guys. Realistically, you probably get six. I'm not telling you to lay minus 275, although I do think it comes to fruition. That's maybe a little too extreme. Ideally, I wouldn't go over like 225 in my mind. But again, to each their own. What I would do instead is look at the first wide receiver drafted. If you're looking at the consensus agreement through most mock drafts, and again, this doesn't mean that it's solidified in what's going to come to fruition, but Garrett Wilson out of Ohio State seems to be the guy that is going first in many mock drafts. And the best number I saw for him was plus 150. That Rivers has about plus 105, but do your shopping, plus 150 for him to go first. That's how I would attack the wide receivers and may end up being a best bet. Also, total running backs drafted in the first round. This one's always tricky now because you usually get it with like the last four or three picks, it seems like. And you don't need to draft the running back in the first round. That is very apparent. They're very dispensable. You don't want to pay them. But when there's a really good talent, you look to invest. And Brees Hall could be that guy. He's minus 250 to go first. And if you think a running back will be drafted in the first round, plus 145 is the price. And if you think there's no running backs drafted in the first round, minus 195 is the favorite. Remember, you also got Kenneth Walker out of Michigan State and Isaiah Spiller. Also, some of the other top running backs. I'm not touching anything with that. 
You know, sometimes they go with different running backs. We saw the Chiefs kind of do that surprise with Clyde Edwards-Lair, and hey, that's not really working out for them. And again, teams don't want to invest too early on running backs, so it's kind of sketch. Uh, but you have definitely a lot more security with wide receivers. A little bit unknown with quarterbacks, but what we do know is people don't love them. So again, my top plays here would be under three and a half quarterbacks drafted in the first round, minus 172. Total wide receiver draft in the first round, yes, lean over five and a half, but I'd rather do Garrett Wilson going first at plus 150. I would bet the exact position for the Bears offensive lineman and wide receiver simultaneously, but I'd find the best price on that. And right now it looks like maybe plus 430 for offensive line and plus 225 for wide receiver. And at that point, you can divvy up your units, right? You don't have to invest a unit in each because you're getting such a bigger payout on the offensive line. It's a beautiful thing, folks. Um, Furthermore, the last one, I would do Packers to draft a wide receiver minus 175. You know, I'm not running to the counter to bet that one, but that's kind of a team that I feel pretty safe in what they are going to invest in, or at least what they should invest in. But let me know if you got any different angles for the draft. Very curious to see if there's anything that you feel great about with a team you're pretty keen on and you have some good info on. Whatever it may be, I'd really appreciate it. At Danny Burke 5, always love exchanging our ideas and bets. So at Danny Burke 5, like I said, you can follow me on Twitter. Make sure you check out my show Rush Hour, 5 to 6 p.m. Central Time at VSIN.com. Again, we're taking the Guardians' first five with Bieber against Keuchel and the White Sox. So we're trusting Shane Bieber and this Cleveland squad to at least perform well in the first half of that game and pending the lineup for the Cubbies looking for them to roll once again against the relief pitcher Justin Steele can he do it three times in a row baby well we're hoping so so go Cubbies tonight at the friendly confines even if we don't make it an official play but we will see what that lineup persists of and if I do make it an official play I'll dish it out on Danny's Dimes tonight on Rush Hour but thank you again for tuning in to another edition of the Chicago City Cast presented by Bet Rivers big game tomorrow with the Bulls and the Bucks Bulls catching 10 once again Probably not going to look to bet that. Maybe interested in betting the total under, but especially some props, which we will discuss, if not here on the CityCast, absolutely on Rush Hour. So you get all the links on Twitter at DannyBurk5. I know I keep repeating it, but in case you missed it, just want to get you that info out there, folks. But again, thank you for tuning in. Always appreciate if you like or subscribe, leave a comment, whatever it is. Always good to see the criticism dished out because I deserve the crap when I'm losing from time to time. You know how it goes, folks. But again, thank you for tuning in. Best of luck and take care.